Welcome to the LEO Learning Podcast, helping global organisations move learning to the heart of business strategy. Find us at leolearning.com. In this second and final part of our series on the power of learner analytics, LEO Strategic Development Manager, Patrick Thomas, and Content Specialist, Jared Orlin, discuss informal learning, getting management buy-in, and working with data. So you've spoken about small organizations and large organizations looking into to measuring and learning analytics. Is there a model that Leo would use to engage with clients on this? Yes. And this is a model that certainly can be applied in any size organization. You always start with, with business drivers. So you've, you, you've, picked your, you've picked your program, right? And you understand what your key business drivers are to that program, or at least you have your defense in place for those key business drivers. And that is all around uh, the defense of why you're trying to measure this particular program. The next step is around looking at the delivery or the engagement of the learning. If I'm in L&D, how will I know if something has landed that I can report that back? And that's a question that, that we work with our clients. And there are some pretty basic things that you would want to start looking at. So things that we already know about are scores and completion rates that are tracked in an LMS. But challenge that I would pose to customers is clearly there are, there are going to be additional things to consider. So classroom attendance, it might even be around, you could put in place acceptance of materials. So you might, in a compliance program, have tick boxes that say that somebody has, has accepted that they have, have read these materials. Okay. It might be access to resources and websites. And so you want to start tracking access to these related resources. And then it's certainly all of the questions around frequency and scores and in assessments. So those are the kinds of engagement questions we would be working with our clients to sort of explore and see which ones can we reliably measure, which ones we can pull over a regular period of time. You know, we would look at how does this relate to your learning plans or career maps. And certainly, if you've got a competency model in place for these roles, fantastic. If you don't, then we might need to put a sort of a scaffolded structure in place to say you're measuring against a, a benchmark, which might potentially change. Okay. And then looking at uh, learning groups and potentially how groups might uh, be engaging with these materials. Certainly, your intended group, your intended audience might be engaging with materials, but are there other groups of people that are engaging with these materials? And might that be interesting to start to look at? There's an unintended group here that is accessing these materials. And what might I learn from that? And how might I credit those people for having gone through that, those materials? Yeah, that's an interesting consideration. What about informal learning? Where does that come into play? Yes, don't forget about informal learning because that is that is happening and that's happening all the time as we know. But it's more difficult to track. It is more difficult to track, but it's not impossible to track. So there are 
so there are ways to do this. It might mean it might mean making some changes in how you are tracking. So you you're you what you are trying to do is get the data into a pool that you can then evaluate, right? So if there is informal learning that's happening, you might want to then start structuring, adding um, different kinds of assessments to see if people have picked up information that isn't explicitly stated in a learning program that you have uh, okay. developed. So yeah. you know, putting in questions that might require people to go have gone out and had conversations around the shop. You might want to put in a learning record store where it's a self-reported learning record and or e-portfolios. In its most simple form, it's a tick box for a learner to say, I've had these conversations, I've gone here, I've done this, I went to this event. If you don't have a, an LRS store, it might just simply be a tick box or even a uh, my own personal portfolio site. You probably want to have your manager, the managers of these people then certify yeah. that, that, these, uh, that these things have happened. But it certainly can be done and you should put some thought around how to do that. Yeah, because self-reporting can always be a little bit tricky. Self-reporting can be tricky. Don't discredit it. it is an, it's another input that if you get people into the practice of self-reporting, not everybody's going to do it. Let's be, let's be honest about yeah, it. Uh, but those people that do, it, and you start getting some reliable information from that, or at least regular information from that, then you know, there's a pool of people that you might want to then engage with as you uh, look to transform a program. Okay, so is there a difference between measuring for knowledge and measuring for skills? There is, and there's going to be different ways that you might look to measure those inputs. So okay. knowledge, for example, is going to be all the things that are tied into the competence of, of a person in their role, right? So it's the all of the information and knowledge that they need to have in order uh, to do their job. And that's that's stuff that can be pretty much flushed out in any curricular area through standard assessments, through standard practical assessments as well. We would recommend that your skills and you know technical roles do this all of the time, do the practical assessments where there is a there's a front loading of, of knowledge, but the knowledge then needs to be applied, needs to be observed, needs to be rehearsed, yeah. needs to be corrected with a mentor. And those kinds of skills are, you know, certainly for manual jobs, but I would also argue that those kinds of skills can be observed by managers and should be tracked by even other roles. So it's, you could start to look at a, uh, if you can find and create, and I know that there are a number of organizations that are doing this, and uh, we're currently working with an organization in the development of an observation tool for managers so that they can quickly say, yes, I've seen Janet do that this week. No, I didn't see Bob do that this week and go down the list and very quickly say yes to this and no to that as they go through. And then you can reliably start to track uh, observe behaviors in the workplace by the manager over a longer period of time. And that's a really important input that I think needs to be considered up front. If you don't have that kind of tool, think about the development of that tool. Think about how you're going to capture that the, that the performance of individuals who've gone through your program has changed or hasn't changed and that it is verified 
uh, by their manager. This is also a slow burn of a process. This is going to take place if you're going to reliably start to gather data. This is not something that you can wrap up in six months and be done with it. This takes quite a lot of time. Totally not. I mean, I wish I, I wish it was that easy, and it's not. We're, what we're talking about here, it's a rethinking of learning as and learning interventions as a business process. This is going to require involvement from many different business groups and people that you perhaps haven't been working with, like business analysts, like your CFO, like your brand people, and looking at their marketing initiatives because they might have uh, programs that they use and, and business benchmarks that they use around their brand engagement that you might want to then piggyback off of those in your learning programs. So, and, and that this is done over a longer period of time. And not only that, but you have to have an acceptance and... From the organization. Zero, yes, you have to have yeah. complete, uh, complete acceptance by the organization. And no ego to know that you've got to make changes to your program. The whole point is that you're looking for improvement and an acceptance that the programs that you currently have can always be improved upon. And so that's where you've got to let go. You've got to accept that there are going to be... What you are doing is you are measuring and demonstrating potentially failure points, which you are going to share, but with the intention that you're going to be improving those right. and, and continuing because this is having that this is this has that line of sight to the business impact measures that you've already indicated up front. Yeah. But what we're talking about here is essentially unsiloing a business, which isn't that easy in many cases. How for L and D, how how do you how would somebody get started on doing that? Yeah, start, so it, it goes back to just get started. Just knock on doors, set mm -hmm. up meetings and, and have the conversations. Your if you have a business analyst in house, they are going to be desperate to work with you on this program, I can assure you, because they are going to be working with only the tool sets that they that they have. Go not set a meeting, sit down with them, buy them lunch. Ask them what they are doing. Ask them what tools that they have in place and ask them what data inputs they have because they might already be pulling in data that might be useful because it sort of relates to programs that you already have in place or that you're considering putting in place. Right. So the data might already be there. You just may need to point your learners to that. That's the problem with siloing is that everyone's got data, but no one's sharing it. That's right. I can assure you that business leaders everywhere are concerned about the the investment they are making in learning and development. Yeah. Um, and I can assure you, it will not take much for you to find a a senior leader to sponsor you in this program, even knowing up front that it's that this is a long burn uh, initiative that you are going to be experimenting with and you're slightly playing in the dark by pulling data for the first time. But every leader will want to know what their investment is providing them. And with their senior sponsorship and a bit of and a bit of a dose of reality that they're not going to have they're not going to have the answers right away, but that if they get behind you on this as a program, you will be able to report to them valid 
regular faithful information that proves the impact of their spend is to the business. So in wrapping things up, are there any other salient points to bear in mind other than just get started and that this is not a quick and easy fix? I mean, just get started is the most important point, but you review, look at your business drivers, what do you want to measure and why? Look at how your learning has landed. How do you know that? What is the engagement? Look at the performance behaviors that you have. And do you need to create new methods for analyzing and inputting data of of observed behavior? And then look at the business impact measures that you've identified and see if those have improved. And those business impact measures are are the ones that you've identified up front and early on, and then looking to see whether things like lead conversions and call times or whether defibrillator uh, has been applied in time are going to be the key drivers, the key business indicators that are, that are uh, leading indicators to support your program. This is also a really good time to mention that we have a very invaluable resource on leolearning.com. It's called the Top 10 Components for Measuring the Business Impact of Learning. It's a great ebook. It's free. It's on leolearning.com in the resources section. And it's all about components uh, that you can use to set up a strategy, things that you need to bear in mind when looking at measuring business impact and looking at learner analytics. Thank you, Patrick. Thanks, Joe. You've been listening to the Leo Learning Podcast. Helping global organizations move learning to the heart of business strategy. Visit leolearning.com for more insights into leading the learning revolution.